Welcome to Hope Assembly of God Online. We believe no matter the journey, there is always hope. This is a recording of our live Sunday sermon, unedited, uncut, real. We are uh, continuing this morning through a series that we've been um, working through the past few weeks. And it's a series in which we're talking about the the promises of God, 12 of the promises that God gives us as believers, things that he says he's going to do. And we know that we can trust in the Lord. We know that when he tells us he's going to do something, he does it. He follows through with it. Um, Today we're going to be looking at how God gives grace for the humble, how God gives grace for the humble. Uh, The promise that we are uh, for this week is God gives grace to the humble. And, and we find it um, in 1 Peter chapter 5 is going to be our scripture verse today if you're preparing to get there. Um, I don't know if you've ever had to uh, try and explain something to somebody. Try and make a point and you try and find an illustration. Or you try and think of, of something, some way that you can kind of, uh, a story or something that you can share that would help hit home with somebody so that they kind of understand where you're coming from. And today we're going to be dealing with, with two topics kind of thing. We're going to be looking at humility and the, the opposite of humility, which is pride. And we're going to be dealing with those things this morning. And so I was, I was this week, uh, pastor actually uh, contacted me later in the week. Uh, his brother passed away, I believe it was Thursday or Wednesday or Thursday. And he contacted me and he asked that I would be able to step in for him and be able to speak this week. And so I said, of course, you know, go do what you have to do. Uh, We'll make sure that we can get uh, everything done in the service. And uh, so I'm I'm thinking through uh, this this message and I'm thinking through humility. I actually took the day off on Friday to stay home and kind of work on the message and put it together. And my wife and my boys had already left. My wife off to work and the boys went out to go to school and I was home and I kind of got hungry. I had already been reading through. I had taken some notes and everything. I was like, man, I'm kind of hungry. It's time for breakfast. And uh, I so I did uh, what any man in that situation would do. I cooked myself up a nice, hearty breakfast. I made some pancakes and I made some sausage on, on a stick in the microwave. Uh, you know, when a man is home and, and, and some cooking has to be done, you grab something out of that freezer, you throw it in the microwave, and you get it done. And so, uh, you know, I'm, as I'm sitting eating my nice home-cooked meal that I've just prepared, you know, I'm, I'm doing what any man would do. I'm, I'm standing as close to the counter as I can with a napkin so I don't get any crumbs anywhere. I don't want to have to do dishes. I'm eating over my napkin. I'm enjoying my sausage on a stick breakfast so that I can get ready. And as I'm doing that, I look out the window and we have a lake that's kind of off behind our house. And I see some motion on the far side of the lake. And I was like, what is going on? I'm eating my stick here, my pancake sausage stick. And, And I decide to go upstairs and I grab some binoculars and I look across the lake and I'm trying to see what all the commotion is going on over there. And over on the far side, there's this little cove on the far side of the lake. And there is a mother deer out there with her two little baby deer. 
not, not the tiny baby deer, but a little bit older, and, and they're running around. And the baby deer, I've never seen this. Uh, it was the most adorable thing I've ever seen. The little deer are just shooting all over the place. They're running back and forth. They're jumping. You ever seen a deer like jump and kick? And, and they're running and, and just chasing all over the place, hitting it, ramming into each other. Uh, occasionally one would run over and just ram into mom and she's like keeping an eye out, making sure nobody's around. She thought I couldn't see her. She was tucked away back there. But, you know, they're ramming into her, running into her. Every once in a while they'd settle down for a second. And then mom would start jumping and she'd kick and then they'd start running again. It was the coolest, most adorable little thing I ever saw. So as I'm watching this, I'm thinking, Lord, this is so cool. And into my mind pops uh, an illustration uh, for this week. And into my mind, as I'm watching these deer jump around, I start thinking of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And I, I don't know, you know, it, it's, it's cool. It, it's actually fitting. We got the, the, the Christmas shoe boxes up here and everything this week. But I start thinking of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And I, I start thinking about the scene where all the deer are like running around and they're jumping and they're getting ready. And they're trying out for uh, the reindeer games and the things like that. And so they're trying to fly and they got the one coach guy. I forget which one. I, I think it was Prancer or something. He's got the hat. And, and the whistle, I don't, know if you, I don't know how a reindeer gets a whistle in its mouth, but he's got the whistle hanging around his neck. He's got the hat on, and he's in there, and he's instructing all the reindeer on how they're, they're doing flying lessons. They're supposed to try and fly. And I remember thinking of it, and uh, I remember that the reindeer were all there, and they're all trying to be best. There's this thing that they have in front of them. They want to make Santa's sleigh team. And only the best can make Santa's sleigh team. And so they're all there and they're trying to jump higher than the other one. They're all trying to outdo the other. And the coach guy who's there, he's, he's just like, he's on the sleigh team already. So he's just like, oh, you guys got to, you know, this is, and, and, and I'd show a clip from it, but uh, copyright things and stuff like that. We show our, our, our services online and they'd probably have a problem with it. Uh, but if you, uh, all of us have seen that movie. And if you remember the, the, the coach guy, he's there and he's just kind of very arrogant. He's already on the sleigh team and he sees these young people who are trying to do what he does and he thinks he's better than them and he's, he's very puffed up and, and, and as soon as they realize that Rudolph has got something covering his nose, he's trying to hide it, and as soon as that pops off, everybody loses their mind. And they start talking down on Rudolph. And even this guy is very harsh and mean. He was so puffed up with pride that he didn't realize that uh, he's tearing down this person in, in front of all these others. Um, he was smug and arrogant and proud. Well, this week we're going to take a look at God's promise for those who are the opposite of that, those who are humble of heart. Uh, we start here in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 5 through 7. It says this, this I have the NIV version, it might be a different one, I don't know if you guys have it up there or not. But it says this, in the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to the elders. All of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. Because God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. 
Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxieties on him, because he cares for you. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you care for us. It's a great comfort to us, Lord, to know that you care for us and that you'll be watching over us and that you want to guide us through this difficult world. Be with us, I pray, as we open up and look at your word here this morning. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. All right, so in order to understand the blessings of humility, which is what we're looking at today, God's promise to bless and to give grace to those who are humble, we must first look at the opposite, which is pride. The problem with pride is point number one this morning. Pride is a problem for a whole bunch of reasons. Pride is bad for, for a, lot of, uh, uh, a lot of different um, reasons. But uh, there's two main ones that we're going to look at today. And the first thing is that pride tends to lead toward putting others down. Um, pride can cause us to puff ourselves up and make us feel so much uh, better about ourselves, which isn't a bad thing in and of itself. Feeling good about yourself, feeling confident is not a problem. It's not a bad thing. But as with so many things, sin, which is in the world, can take that thing that is okay, and it can twist it, and it can roll it around, and it can make it into a bad thing. Um, to want to make money to provide for your family, that's a good thing. But to have money become your sole focus, and to have that be the thing that you drive after, and that you want, and you keep wanting to climb, and you don't care who you have to step over to get more of it, that's when it becomes a problem. To, to, to feel love in your heart for someone, to fall in love and, and to, to, to have a relationship. It's a beautiful thing. Marriage is a wonderful blessing from God. But to find yourself in a place where all you're doing is focusing in on pleasure and, and, and you know, who's the next one and let me have a relationship with all these. That's where it can be led the wrong way. We could take an over... Uh, focus on something, and it can lead us down a very sinful path. The same thing is true with pride. Pride is, is the result of that person who feels confident in themselves and, and, and who feels good about themselves and, and, and kind of what they're doing. You don't need to feel miserable about, your, miserable about yourself all the time. But it takes that, and it takes that, that sense of like, okay, uh, you know, I'm doing well. You know, God loves me and, 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 and I'm trying to serve the Lord and things are going well. And it could take that and it can way blow it up and make it out of proportion and turn it into a prideful, like, I'm the best. I'm, I, I, you know, I'm, nobody could touch me and, and that kind of thing. And so we have to be careful with that. And what winds up happening is we can think that we're the most important person around. Um, and that everybody else is beneath us. This happens all over the place. All over the place. Anywhere you go, you will see a group of people who will find some way to look at someone else as less than them. It happens all the time. It happens in every country. There's always uh, some group that's trying to promote themselves and lift themselves up by making other people seem less than them. Uh, and it's, it's something that we see right in the story of Rudolph. 
Rudolph's father thought that he was so special because he was on the sleigh team that he winds up putting his son down because he feels like his son is embarrassing him. His son is tarnishing his image and what people think of him. He was all well and good as long as his son was hiding his nose. But then once it came out that he's, he's different from everyone, that father was quick to say, oh, man, I can't have that and put that away. He was embarrassed by his son because of how it made him look. And so he winds up hurting someone that he loves and he cares for because they're a little bit different than what he wants. So we have to be careful because pride will lead to us hurting people around us. The second issue is that pride can also bring us into conflict with God. This passage actually contains a very scary warning against pridefulness. Uh, verse 5 says, God opposes the proud. So if you're full of pride this morning, if you walk around in just kind of an arrogant way, God is going to see that, and God is going to come against that. There's, a, there's an important reason why God does that. He doesn't just do it, you know, just to say, oh, I'm going to tear this guy down a peg or two. Oh, you think you're, you think you're something special? I, well, I'm going to come in. I'm going to show you. That's not what God does. God has a reason for what he does. Max Lucado, who uh, we're studying through um, this series, is, is based off of a book that he wrote. And in the book, he says this, God resists the proud because the proud resist God. Arrogance stiffens the knee so that it will not kneel, hardens the heart so that it will not admit to sin. The heart of pride never confesses, never repents, and never asks for forgiveness. Indeed, the arrogant never feel the need for forgiveness. Forgiveness. Pride is the hidden reef that shipwrecks the soul. It's a beautiful illustration. You have a ship that's out there on the sea, and what can happen is there will be a little reef just under the water, and they won't be able to see it. And they're sailing along thinking they got everything figured out, thinking they're the, the top thing out there, and then, boom, out of nowhere, they just hit a reef, and it completely sinks them. That's what pride can do to us in our lives. God opposes the proud because he cares for them. If you think you can do it on your own, you're wrong. And God loves you enough to show you that you're wrong. He's going to do it because he cares about you. Because what happens is you're sailing along, you think everything's good, and boom, eventually it hit a wall. Um... God doesn't want that to be the case in your life. He wants you to have blessing. He wants to be able to provide for you. He wants you to have happiness in your life. But in order to do that, he has to knock you down a little bit uh, in the prideful ways that you walk. Which brings us to point number two, the blessing of humility. The blessing of humility. Now we just looked at how God will oppose the proud, 
But now we get into one of our great promises that we're studying this morning. God says that he will give grace to the humble. Grace to the humble. Um, when you walk in humility with God, you will have God blessing you instead of opposing you. That's already a win. All right. When God's on your side and helping push you and help keep you moving, that's a better thing than if God's coming against you. Because I don't know about you, but I don't want to get into conflict with God. It's not a good spot to be. So right away, if you, you humble yourself before the Lord, he'll be on your side helping to move you forward as opposed to trying to stop you from where you've been going. When God tells us that we are going to receive grace, there are some major benefits to that. He says God gives grace to those who are humble. The main gifts, one of uh, the commentaries I was looking through this week said, the main gifts we receive because of grace are forgiveness of sin, fellowship with God, and eternal life. I don't know about you, I'll, that's good enough right there. I could have that and be like, okay, everything else is good. If I get forgiveness of my sins and I get to go to, to heaven one day, I'm good. I'm good. I get to speak with the Lord. I get to have the Lord's presence in my life. That's great. But there's more that comes out of it. The word that gets translated as grace here can also be translated favor, kindness, pleasure, and beauty. And it, it shares a root with the word joy. Now, I don't know about you, but I could use joy in my life. I love to be happy. I love, one of the, my favorite things to do with my boys is to just be silly and ridiculous. You know, I, 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 I am. I'm just a ridiculous and, and goofy person at home. I love to goof around with them. We wrestle around. We do crazy things. Uh, it's one of the things that I love doing most with my boys. It's just being silly and, and having fun. Um, and God says that we can have joy when we humble ourselves before him. He will give us grace and he will give us blessing and it will bring joy into our lives. You know, it's interesting, what's interesting about prideful people. In most cases, they usually seem very miserable. Um, they are generally easy, easily offended and a lot of times they take themselves way too serious. And you look back uh, again at the, the story of Rudolph and the coach and the dad were, they were never happy because they were always so worried about, be, about keeping up appearances. They were always worried about what people were thinking of them. You see this a lot in high schools. Uh, you, I talked to, um, we did an interview with some of the young people from our church recently in the family life group that we have. And uh, we brought a couple of them in. We were asking them some different things. We were talking about, hey, what's one of the biggest things that, that young people are, are, are facing right now? And they said, social media. It's one of the biggest problems that young people have because they're so worried about how they're perceived on social media. If anything goes wrong on there, if they put just the wrong thing up, if somebody makes just the right comment on one of their things, then it can just spiral and blow out of control and everybody can be on them. And so they get so nervous and so worried about what's happening on there. And it's one of those things where you can be so worried about how to keep up your appearances. I have to do everything just right. 
or else everything can come crumbling down. People who are full of pride, they, that's, that is a real thing for them in their lives. They're, they just have to worry about uh, maintaining that position and that status. That's a huge contrast to what we see here in this scripture. In verse number 7, it actually says this, Cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Jesus cares for you. You don't have to worry about keeping up appearances. You don't have to worry about what he might think. You can come to the Lord. You can humble yourself. You can kneel before him and you can say, God, I'm messing up. I'm having trouble in this area, Lord. I'm struggling. My eyes are wandering. I... Too greedy for something. I'm too worried about what other people are thinking of me right now, Lord. And you can come to the Lord, and He's not going to say, Oh man, well, that's a real problem. Let me blow this up and make sure everybody knows about that. The Lord is going to say, Come to me, and you'll find rest. I will give you grace. It's okay. I'll take you in. I'll help you through this, and I'll help you to get to the other side of it. Cast your anxiety on him, and he will take it. There's an old uh, children's song. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. You don't have to be strong. God is strong. There are so many things that we face on a day-to-day basis that we don't have the strength for. There are so many things in this world that are going to try and beat us down and come against us and that cause us anxiety and cause us fear and cause us to worry about how we're being perceived in the world. We can't bear up under the weight of all of that. And God says, you don't have to. I'll take it on. Bring it to me. Lay it down at my feet. I will lift it up. I, or I will lift you up and I will take it away from you. You have access to that strength of the Lord when you humble yourself before God. Which brings us to our final point. The way of the humble. The way of the humble. What does humility look like? What does it mean to walk humbly with God? It's important, right? We're we're seeing here that God wants us to walk humbly before him, that we have a great benefit and blessing to it. Well, how do we do it? In verse number five, uh, we actually see here that we started with this morning. Uh, It says, let me come back here. It says, in the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to those who are older. Or, um, yeah, to your elders. And... It's, it's real funny the way that kind of begins. It says, in the same way. What does he talk about in the same way? So it turns out Peter had just given some instruction. We started in verse 5 here today. Verses 1 through 4 is actually some instruction uh, that Peter gives to the elders or the pastors of the church that he's writing to. He's writing to this, this, uh, the church here, and he's telling uh, the elders... Uh, about certain things he wants them to be able to do. And 
when we get to verse number five, he says, in the same way, do what I just told them to do. And so in order to know how to walk humbly with the Lord, we have to go back a little bit. And verses one through four says this, to the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder and a witness of Christ's sufferings, who will also share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing as God wants you to be. Not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve. Not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of glory that will never fade away. Now in this, there's a lot of don't do this, do this. Don't do that, do this. Right? And so it kind of gets lost in there a little bit. But there are three main things that Peter tells them to do in their humble walk with the Lord. He tells them to be willing. He tells them to be eager. And he tells them to set an example for others. Walking humbly with the Lord involves change. We need to change a couple things. Peter is telling these elders and the people that they need to change some things. They need to change their head. He says, be willing to do it. God can tell you something all day long. If you're not willing to do it, it's not going to make a difference in your life. When you hear from the Lord, when he gives you some direction, you have to be willing to step out and to start doing that thing. So we have to change our head and the way we think on things. He says, you have to be eager. we got to change our hearts. Some people grudgingly uh, do the things that God wants them to do. If you wake up on a Sunday and you're like, oh, man, i got to go to church again. Ugh. It's cold out right now, you know. I don't feel like it's raining. You're just looking for all kinds. The Phillies are playing later. You're just looking for all kinds of excuses as to why you can't make it today. I gotta go my I gotta go buy buffalo wings before the everybody gets 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 busy. Everybody's gonna be getting stuff for the game. I gotta get my pizza before. The, I just don't have time. I can't fit church in this morning. If you if you grudgingly uh, begrudgingly do things that the Lord wants you to do, that's not the way that God wants you to be. We have to allow heart change so that the things that make God happy are the things that make us happy. We have to allow God to, to do that in our hearts. And then the third thing is we have to change our actions. He says, set an example for the others. We should be living lives that someone else can look at and say, man, that's a great way to go. That's a real, you know, man, so-and-so, they're always happy. And you don't always have to be happy. <laughs> I'm just saying. So-and-so, man, they seem to really have it figured out. They really have it together. Well, you want to be so-and-so. You don't want to be the person <laughs> saying, I wish I had. You want to be the so-and-so that everybody's talking about. You want to be able to set that example. You want to be living your life in the right way. So that you can honor God and that other people can come to him. Humility means to be aware of our own personal weakness and to be dependent on God to improve in those areas. You don't have to do it. 
It's not all on you to figure it out. Allow God into your life, and God will take control and help you to move forward. Rudolph's dad was eventually humbled. He got to the point of realizing the error of his ways. It was only after his son ran away. If you remember the story, the dad comes down hard on him after he gets embarrassed by Rudolph when he was with all the other deer. Rudolph goes running off, Yukon Cornelius, silver and gold, all that, right? Rudolph's dad goes out to look for him. And he gets caught up in the snow and, the, you know, all that. And he has a hard time. I think the mom and the, the girl, Clarice, go out too at some point. It's just a mess. There's a whole mess of stuff that's going on, right? But the dad is eventually humbled because he realizes he's lost his son now. He doesn't know where he is. There was this terrible storm that came up. He doesn't know if his son's okay. He doesn't know where he is. He doesn't know what's going on, and he's concerned. And he realizes that, hey, the fact that my son might have been a little bit different from everybody else isn't the end of the world. What matters is that he's here. And he would want nothing more than for his son to be back with him. Don't make God humble you. It's not going to go well for you that way. God will do it because he cares about you and he wants you to get to that place of peace and joy and happiness and grace on the other side. But don't make him be the one who has to do it. It's up to us to come before the Lord, humble ourselves and say, Lord, come in and please help me. I need to change and I need your help. We can humble ourselves by putting God and others before ourselves. Where pride tears down, God's grace can build us back up again. We're coming into a time of year where it's going to get ugly out there. All right? Christmas time of year, everybody gets out shopping. They're all doing the stuff. They're scrambling. You're going in and out of store. It's not as bad as it used to be, actually, because a lot of people are buying online now. But you still get it where you're going out to stores and people are just miserable and grumpy and, they, and they're all about them and what they got to do in that moment. Be a blessing to somebody. Humble yourself. Hold the door open. Wow. Life changing. Blow your mind. What? I could do that? I could hold the door for somebody? Yeah, you can. You might get yelled at. Who knows these days? You hold the door open for somebody, I'm sure somebody will complain about it, right? But it's still the right thing to do. You could do it. You know what I always hate? Oh, man. You know what I always hated? My poor wife. I was, I don't, I didn't hate my poor wife. Don't get me wrong. All right. <laughs> that didn't sound right. But, you know, when, when my son was born, my, our, our oldest was born, I was, uh, I was home for 10 days. I, I, I was training to get ready to go overseas. I was in the military. I was out in California doing training. They flew me home. I see him be born. I get home just in time to see him be born. I'm home for 10 days, and then I'm gone for nine and a half months. And so my wife had no husband and a brand new baby for nine and a half months. She's much stronger and better than me. Uh, and, and so 
she's sitting there and she's got the stroller and she's pushing, you know, you always have the stroller and the baby and all the things. And you're pushing it around. And people would just open a door and walk through and just let the door slam. And, and she's trying to get the door and pull the stroller. Hold a door open for somebody. It's not the end of the world, right? Be a blessing to somebody else. Look for those things. But you know what happens? Some of us aren't rude people. We just don't pay attention to other people. We get so full of and focused on ourselves that we lose track of the other people who are out there that we can be a blessing to. Look around. Get your eyes up. Stop focusing only on you and just look around a little bit. You'll be surprised at what you see. You'll be surprised at the ways that you can step in and you can intervene in somebody's life. If you came here today and you've been struggling with pride, if you've been obsessed with being the best, if you've been worried about what others think of you way too much, way more than what God thinks of you, and if you've been overly focused on you, and if you've allowed the pressures and concerns of that pride to dominate your life, how you're going to be perceived, what people are going to think of you. I'm here with some good news today. The Lord wants to set you free. You don't have to be burdened with that pressure anymore. He wants you to have peace today, and he wants to bless you. And all you have to do, all you have to do is humble yourself and ask for his help. That's it. He'll guide you the rest of the way. You say, you take that initial step of saying, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Lord, I've been trying it my way for way too long, and I'm stressed, and I'm anxious, and I'm nervous, and I'm worried. Lord, help me. And God will say, that's the right heart. Now we can move. And he'll come alongside you, and he'll lift you up, and he'll help you forward. God will do that for you. He wants to do that for you. But God's a gentleman. He never forces himself on anyone. You don't. He doesn't force you into salvation. He gives you the choice of salvation. He's not going to force you into humbling yourself and coming. He's going to give you that option. He'll put the right circumstances around. He's going to help you to get to that place. But you are still going to have to be the one who humbles yourself. And then he'll come along and guide you along the way. But you've got to be willing to do it. Won't you pray with me this morning? Heavenly Father, we're so grateful that you give us grace, Lord. It's so difficult sometimes to know what's right, and it's even harder to do right, Lord. I just pray that you would be with each person who's here today. You're the God who searches hearts. I pray that you would search our hearts this morning. Help reveal to us 
any wayward way inside of ourselves. Anything that shouldn't be there, Lord. I pray that you would bring it to the front. Help us to realize what's going on. And I pray that you would help us to have the strength and the courage to lay it down at your feet and to trust it in your hands, Lord. Lord, as people are here this morning and they realize what's going on, I pray that you would guide them forward. I pray that they would leave this place set free from that burden, Lord. I pray that they would walk out of here with their shoulders lifted high, feeling better, knowing that you're walking out with them, Lord. And I pray that as we move forward through this week, you would help us to look around and see the others who are all around us, Lord. Help us to get out there. Help us to hold doors and to give a smile, to say hello to somebody, to make their day. We're so grateful for how you've made our day, Lord, and how you bless us. Help us to return that and to be a blessing to others as well. Be with us, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Hope Online Podcast. For more information about Hope Assembly of God, go to www.godgivesyouhope.com or download our app in the App Store.